You are now tuned into the Changing the Narrative podcast, Rising Youth Alumni Edition. On this episode, we find out what a hackathon is, how to properly serve your target audience, and the benefits of creating products to solve problems we face in our personal life experiences. This is a very special podcast series focused on youth between the ages of 15 and 30 who've designed their own community impact project, applied for funding, and launched the project successfully. I'm your host, Terrence Taylor, host of the Change in Narrative podcast, and I'm joined by community leaders to bring awareness to community issues and figure out how we can still impact and support our communities during these uncertain times of COVID-19. Today, we're joined by the team of TO Hacks, an organization who uses innovation competitions to connect youth entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators with top industry professionals in rising fields of new technologies. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. All right. So um, tell the listeners out there who you are and a little bit about yourselves. Awesome. I'll go first. Um, so my name is Andy Tran. I am one of the co-founders of TO Hacks. I am a recent grad from Queens University, and I'm currently a data product manager. Data product management is an extension from product management. It's kind of in the, I guess, software world where we're kind, we're bringing together a team of engineers, UX, UI designers, business analysts to develop this product. And with my company, we build, we're a SaaS company. And so there's a lot of data in that field. So my specialty is in building or helping the team build a cool data product to help the big financial institutions optimize their consumer credit portfolios. Big fancy cool words for you do creative things with numbers and information. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Um, who's next? My name is Chweta Sivakumar and I'm a fourth year computer engineering student at Queens University. I just recently did an internship as a partner technology strategist. And again, that's a fancy title, but all, all I did was I was doing strategy with our partners at the company. And I was also working on like the strategic roadmap and technical enablement. Cool. Nice. Nice. Last but not least. Hi, my name is Spandana and I just graduated from U of T and I did my major in psychology. My degree was in psychology, neuroscience and health studies, which is quite relevant to the pandemic right now. So everything I learned is currently being executed with COVID right now. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Welcome to you all. Super looking forward to chatting with you all and learning more about TO Hacks and what it is and how it became. But I'm curious, first of all, like, how did the three of you even meet each other? I've known Spandana as a family friend for over a decade now. So my mom and her mom used to work in the same company together. So we've known each other since childhood and been really good friends from then. And myself and Andy, we've been to um, elementary school together. We've also been to like every other school together. So we've just been in touch all three of us through similar friend circles. And so um, that was a great factor into how we actually got connected for this project. What is TO Hacks? What is it? <laughs> sure. So um, TO Hacks is a student-run organization basically to serve the community and empower youth within the community, specifically the greater Toronto area, to 
essentially pursue a career in STEAM. So give them exposure to the opportunities within STEAM and have or provide them with the opportunity to also connect with industry professionals so they understand what a day-to-day -day might look like, what career options or other options are available to them, and also just kind of immerse them with what's happening in the field right now and how they could potentially contribute to it. So we do this by hosting a variety of events, which one of our flagship events is our hackathon that we run on an annual basis. So that was the first event that we actually held when we first started off the organization back in 2018. STEAM, what's that? STEAM actually stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Mathematics. Oh, because I've heard of STEM. Yes, yeah. But arts sounds new. Yeah, so... Um, a lot of people have always had a focus on STEM, but what we really wanted to incorporate with our organization was to essentially incorporate the principles of arts, creativity, design thinking into STEM, because without being creative and being innovative, you can never really coexist in the technology sector. So it's really mm -hmm. important that somebody brings in the arts element and also brings in creativity to continue innovating and really partake in the digital age. Oh, I like that. Thank you. I like that. And it makes sense, right? Because technology has the ability, <laughs> as we've seen, to be whatever it wants to be. What's the term? A creative entrepreneur. Well, anybody who's coming up with a business, gotta gotta be creative a little bit, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So how do you, I like that you've, you've infused art into something that in some ways doesn't have a lot of room for art and creativity. But at the same time, in order to grow past what it is, it requires art and creativity. Is the adding <laughs> of the A what something that you came up with or is this like a, a, a no. thing that exists? Unfortunately, it's not something we came up with, but it recently it got traction once we started looking into STEAM. So back in 2017, when we started the organization, that's when STEAM started coming around. So it was really new to a lot of the companies we were actually speaking with and looking into partnering with, they never thought about incorporating arts into STEM. So when we were talking with them, it really helped them think from a new perspective. So STEAM is relatively new compared to STEM, but it is also um, something that's becoming more prevalent as people see the value in it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you started in 2017. Mm -hmm. And then how did you connect with taking a global and rising youth? Like when and where did that pairing happen? Great question. So both Shrita and I were the co-founders of Deal Hacks. We had this idea back in summer of 2017 when we realized that there's not a lot of opportunities, especially for our brothers who were in high school during that time. So we kind of spent the second half of 2017 just doing user research, just learning more about the hackathon space, what opportunities lie, what is that core value proposition that we can provide for individuals. With myself being over in Hong Kong during that time, uh, it was interesting trying to deal with the uh, time zone differences. But mm. one night, I believe, when I was just uh, doing some general research and I was going through online some uh, communities and I found that this person was posting about different opportunities for um, youth-led service projects. And it uh, really piqued my interest. And then we decided to go forth and apply for this grant. And really happy to say that TO Hacks 2018, our first ever flagship hackathon, was a rising youth service project, and it really helped us hit the ground running. They were actually really fortunate to uh, be able to come out as well and take part in what we had 
was a innovation exhibit where participants can go in and interact with all the different sponsors and partners who helped make this event possible. And as a result of that um, initial hackathon, we had over 125 participants. And now we've grown to such a large organization where now uh, with Health of Rising Youth and the Taking Global Grants, uh, this past hackathon, we actually had this past May virtually to Hacks 2020, we had over uh, 550 participants and um, over 170 uh, submitted projects just over the span of 24 hours. A hackathon, I've heard of it, TO Hacks, I know what hacking is, but what is a hackathon? What, like, what, what is it? Yep, so the best way to describe a hackathon is an invention or innovation marathon. We're not doing anything illegal here. We're not hacking uh, any critical servers, but basically teams would get together. And this is kind of where the A and STEAM comes in, right? We encourage people to get into teams of four and five uh, with diverse backgrounds, whether people be on the business side, technical and development side, designing and art side, and just come together and start a project from scratch. Usually companies or hackathon organizers would put together a few challenge statements for teams to work on. And then over a period of 24, 36 hours, uh, usually over a weekend, you know, participants can participate in various workshops and activities. And then everyone celebrates the projects that they worked on over this weekend. Usually they would be um, either starting the Friday night and going to Sunday night. Um, for us, for the last two hackathons, we've done 24-hour hackathons. So we started usually early on on Saturday and then end around Sunday afternoon. Okay. What is the experience like of a virtual hackathon? Like, how does that happen? It was actually pretty interesting because we had, I think, a three-week or one-month notice before we shifted the entire thing from in-person to virtual. So at that point, I think Andy and Shweta were making the decision of whether to have it or not. But of course, knowing who those two are, they're like, no, we're going to do it. Um, people already got acceptances and stuff like that. Surprisingly, the virtual hackathon aided us a lot with regards to participants being able to come to the event, specifically in relation to one of our goals where we want to match or increase the ratio of female to males attending these hackathons. That really helped us this year because one, a lot of our participants are either high school, grade 12, or first year university. And coming from an Indian family, I'm not allowed to stay out at night overnight at an unknown place, which is what would have happened in, in person. So now people were in their own homes at the comfort, in their bed, whatever was going on, and they ended up coming. And we got such good positive feedback. Our sponsors were very pleased with the participation. And on top of that, I do think that being at home and having that comfort, they were able to come up with even better ideas than last year. So I don't know if we got better at reaching out to more diverse pools or we selected really amazing people to come to the hackathons, but the ideas that they created were amazing. Oh, that's really cool. So you've applied, it sounds like three times? So we were eligible for the grant the first time around back in Teal Hacks 2018. And then uh, we reapplied again for Teal Hacks 2019. So that's the, um, the second iteration, the second 24 hour hackathon. So for Teal Hacks 2020, we unfortunately wasn't eligible for another service project, but that's actually um, pretty interesting because now we're actually an awareness partner with Rising Youth. So now because of the growth of our organization and because you know, we understand the ins and outs of you know, being able to understand what makes a good service project, uh, what are the requirements when it comes to performing 
the service that was outlined and doing the grant reporting afterwards. We're now actually helping out newer individuals and smaller organizations to try to get that first start um, that we did back in 2018. So even just in the few weeks that we started being an awareness partner with them, we've already referred four and more organizations to take advantage of these grants. Amazing. What's the application process like as you being a company who's had to apply and successfully applied and now being in a position where you're supporting other people and helping them apply and helping them uh, access funding? What is the application process like, whether it be filling it out or once you've completed it and you're submitting it, like what's that experience like? Absolutely. So the first thing to consider is that there's actually three levels of tiers of funding that you can go for. They vary between the $250 level grants 750 for the mid-tier, and then 1500 for larger service projects. The website clearly indicates what level that you should be aiming for, but they do also have individuals that um, you can reach out to and kind of see what grant best fits your service project. So within each, I guess, tier that you would want to apply to, there's certain elements that are always required, um, such as the basic contact information, um, a high-level budget of how you'll be using the funds, and then for the larger grants, Uh, such as for the $1,500 grant, you also will need to get a um, community mentor to kind of help. And they can also use that as a reference check as well, just to make sure that um, you're using that $1,500 smartly. Right, right. But in terms of the application process, it sounds pretty easy, pretty straightforward, right? It is. And it might seem daunting um, for these individuals or these organizations who may have heard of grants before, but may not have applied uh, for the first time. So that's kind of where we step in as an awareness partner, right? First, being able to share with our network that these opportunities do exist. And then afterwards, once they heard about it and they've come up with an idea, being able to help them fill out these grants to make sure that they have been accepted and approved for these grants the first time around. And then afterwards, when they completed their project, uh, making sure that they've documented everything and submitted uh, a grant report. Right, right, okay. So you're talking about people choosing the type of project that they want, the funding that's maybe allotted based on the type of project that you select. I'm curious, why hackathons? Why did you all choose to pursue hackathons and make that the project that you you wanted to put forth into the community? When I first started out in university a long time ago, (laughs) I felt that I wasn't equipped for my engineering program in terms of the knowledge that I had learned in high school. So, you know, on my own initiative, I took time to go and learn the necessary skill sets so that I could be successful. And, you know, fast forward two years when my brother was in high school in the same grade, when I was kind of experiencing those difficulties, he talked about wanting to apply to an engineering program similar to me. And when I was looking at the content he was learning, it was still the same content that I'd learned, like, two or three years before when I was in that same grade. So I thought that seemed to be a disconnect with what's actually needed in the industry because unfortunately the education system simply cannot catch up with the technology industry just because of how quickly it's changing. Right. There's a lot of rules and regulations that the education institutions have to actually follow to be able to put together curriculum. And so sometimes there's a disconnect between what is actually needed in the industry right now and what's being taught in school. So 
when I started looking at that gap, I was like, you know, what can I do to help bridge that gap? And how can I do it in an efficient and effective manner? So I did a lot of user research and spoke with Andy to co-found this initiative. And we basically, when we were doing user research, we were wondering, you know, what would be something that, you know, our target audience, which were students, uh, want to actually see to help bridge that gap. And most of them talked about having a low time commitment opportunity that allows them to get exposure to emerging fields within the technology industry so that they can be creative and be innovative and also help build their professional network. So once we did some more research at that time, hackathons were really prevalent um, or they were starting to become more prevalent. And they also provided students with an opportunity to be creative and come up with new ideas and solutions to real world challenges that the society is currently encountering. So that was kind of the segue into how we got into hackathons. And, you know, once we held our first hackathon we got a lot of great feedback there and decided we wanted to branch out into smaller events as well on top of our flagship hackathon so now we host our hackathon we hold um, case competitions we've held uh, opportunities for people to network with recruiters just so they can learn more about how to you know build a resume so a lot has changed since we started the organization and it's all become progressively more tailored to our target audience yeah, you mentioned students being that focal point and yep. the people who you're, you're wanting to connect with. Why? When I was encountering these difficulties and when I was also speaking with my brother and students of the same level, it was a problem that I could resonate with. And a lot of the times when people come up with solutions to gaps that they see, it's oftentimes to challenges that they've encountered in their own life. So right. I decided I wanted to come up with an idea to address a gap that I saw in my own life and figure out how I can help others who are encountering the same challenge. So that was kind of the reason why I got into the idea of coming up in that space. And when I went and actually reached out to Andy on whether he'd be interested in co-founding this initiative with me, you know, he was a student himself. So he could understand the challenges and also the opportunities that were available in the space because he was part of the target audience. So Having been a part of the target audience ourselves, we could come up with ideas that could resonate with the other student population. Right, right. Actually, you, you, it's your lived experience, your own lived experience, your own understanding, and therefore you're able to share from a, from a personal level, from a personal connection, instead of just from some theorized yes. idea of, of which, what you think will, will work. That, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, Spandana, how did you get involved with Andy and Shweta and in, in, in the actual growth and building of TO Hacks? So when I joined, um, funny story actually, uh, <laughs> I was I actually do, had to do an interview with Andy and my internet was down or something happened. I actually had to run to my friend's house and I was like in sweats and a blazer <laughs> and I did an interview with my friend because I wanted that you know equal opportunity to get in I didn't want no favoritism or anything like that but with regards to getting involved Shweta messaged me one day she said hey I'm doing this thing apply and I was like okay fine I will and I ended up joining I wasn't that good first year I probably didn't do anything, but <laughs> I ended up learning a lot with regards to what I was missing out and what I could have been involved in 
as a student in high school or even in university. And I learned a lot from Andy and Shweta as well with regards to executing events and talking to sponsors and whatever it is. Me personally, I developed a lot. Because of that, this year, I'm able to take on more responsibilities with regards to focusing on our internal team. And I also have about five years of HR experience specifically with culture development, employee retention, things like that within HR. So I brought those experiences for the internal growth of TO Hacks while Shweta and Andy focused more on external growth. I felt like not that there was no emphasis on our team members, but we could be treating them even better and better and better. And the more that we treat our own people well, they'll want to stay with us. Right. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Taking care of your home, taking care of those who, who are connected to you. And, yes. and building and developing that community and that brand and really solidifying who you are as a company and, and what it means to be part of your organization. That's really cool. Spandana, you mentioned some of your prior work experience helping you in your role mm-hmm. uh, at TO Hacks. Mm-hmm. Shweta, you mentioned earlier being a student and having that student experience helped you understand that this is something that was required. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious what else has helped you all in terms of building the the company or creating ideas or how is Hackathon 2 better than Hackathon 1? How is Hackathon 2020? How is that better than 2019? So whether it be individuals, whether it be life experiences, whether it be community, talk a little bit about some of the things that have helped you make TL Hacks the success that it is. The one thing that I personally felt that really helped us as a team from at least the past two years, I was with them was us three being together on the same page or we're able to communicate what we did wrong. Andy always gives me constructive feedback regarding what I can improve upon. Shweta is always there to support me to improve upon those things as well. And we have this understanding that we want to make the next event better. And as long as we have that going, we're able to adjust in any other way, shape, or form. A lot has changed since the first time we held an event. So when we first started out, you know, we had the experience of being a student, but I personally did not have an experience of being an event planner. So for a large scale event, what did I need to do? So a lot of that was through communication with with other event planners, with other um, similar organizations. So the one great thing that I've always really appreciated about this whole initiative has been able to connect with other organizations within the community. And that's been really great. So I know that taking it global and rising youth is all about fostering community and really being a proponent for that. So that's something that we also really value at TO Hacks is we want to create a community and be able to learn from others. So that's something we've been focusing on. So I, when we first started out, I had a lot of conversations with similar organizations with potential sponsors, with other students. And I try to, you know, basically have informal conversation with them to pitch our idea, to talk to them about what we were envisioning, whether they thought there was actually a need for the idea that we were talking about. Because like you mentioned, it's one thing to have an idea, but it's another to actually have an idea that resonates with your target audience, because you don't want to do something that doesn't connect with the people you're trying to do it for. So that's something that's really helped us. So over time, once we held our first event, we had participants at that event and we got a lot of great feedback from them. So that helped us 
then plan for other events. So having rounds and rounds of feedback from the participants who've come out to our events has really helped us shape our events in the future and really given us an idea on what we need to do to do even better and to serve the target audience even better. And like Spandana mentioned, another thing that we focus on within our team is also development. We want this to be an opportunity for everyone involved with the initiative to not only do good for the community, but also for themselves. We want this to be an opportunity for personal and professional growth. So that's something we've always strived for. And I think that's also helped us. So over the years, I can tell you that Shweta back in 2017 is nothing like Shweta in 2020. I've just gotten a lot better through constructive feedback, through facing challenges and being able to rise above those challenges and take those as learning experiences to do even better for our initiatives and our organization. What are some of those challenges that you have had to face along the way of, of building and, and growing TO Hacks? In the initial stages, it you know, we were two students who had a really great idea. But the thing is, a lot of people and a lot of organizations um, they have trouble with change, right? Like change is something that could be unsettling for people because they don't understand what it could mean for them. So when we were trying to communicate our vision, we had statistics that we had collected from other similar organizations, but we didn't have anything just yet because we were just a new organization. So people were hesitant. They were like, you know, how can I actually believe and put my trust in you to put money into this event or to support you publicly and you know help you out in arranging your first event that was something that people were hesitant in doing and that was the challenge that we did encounter however through those conversations we had in the community and connecting with individuals who understood our vision we were able to then partner up with our first title sponsor, which was BMO. And they took a chance on us and they took a chance on a hackathon. That was the first time they sponsored a hackathon. And so it was a learning experience for them to understand, you know, what is a hackathon, how their company could get involved in similar events like this in the future so that they could better, you know, connect with the future generation who will be in the working force. So that was something that they were able to also learn from us. So I think that's something that not only us, but any new organization that's coming about, they face difficulties in trying to get buy-in and support from companies and potential sponsors and partners. When we were starting off, it was literally us against the world kind of mentality because when a lot of other hackathons or student organizations in this area may be backed by, let's say, a, a university or a club, right? We didn't have those opportunities. You know, we're still a standalone organization, which means that while we're free to really leverage partnerships with any organization or company that really furthers our mission, that also means that we're 100% responsible for all the failures that may come as well. But, um, I'm confident now that, you know, with our team of 40 individuals, now that we're really able to... Hold um, on, develop... hold no, no, hold on. <laughs> you have 40? Wow. 40 awesome, dedicated individuals who follow and go with this mission and vision that we've set out. And this is how we're able to do things a lot faster and establish a really great relationship uh, with all of our sponsors and partners um, because they like working with us and uh, we put together a lot of great experiences and with the feedback that we've gotten from all stakeholders be able to constantly iterate and fail fast and be able to move on no matter what challenge comes our way right right that's cool yo 40 people good for you <laughs> good for you because i know that that can't be easy to manage right especially we're talking covid we're talking 
even this conversation we're having now is, is via Zoom, right? So the challenge of trying to manage and continue to build rapport and community and relationships amongst 40 people virtually, I'm sure there's a, a handful of challenges that, that fall within within that space as well in, in trying to keep that operation smooth and, and, and ensure that growth is happening and, and that everyone's sticking together as the growth is happening. Wow. Um, cool. Good for you all. You mentioned the partnerships that you've, you've been able to build with other organizations that's helped grow and, and move the company forward. And actually, you mentioned the partnership that you have with Rising Youth and, and actually supporting in other members of the community, gaining access to funding to be able to create their own project. So I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what the future looks like, what the partnerships that you've built, where that's going to lead you. You hosted a you know virtual uh, hackathon this year. What does that look like moving forward? What do we have in store for 2021? For this upcoming year, it's full steam ahead. Um, in addition to being an awareness partner with Rising Youth, we're really trying to expand nationally across Canada as well. Now that there's really no geographical boundaries anymore with hosting events and now that they're going to be virtual for the foreseeable future. So for this upcoming year, we've already kicked off a mentorship program and partnership with um, Capital One for women who are interested in data science and software engineering roles. We have a lot of great webinars coming up with some of our previous sponsors, FDM, and then we're also going to be hosting a case competition, an ARVR challenge uh, in October in partnership with EchoAir. And then we have our uh, flagship hackathon as well happening in May 2021. And we'll probably have a lot more initiatives coming up as well as we uh, develop these partnership discussions as well. So how can people help either support you? How can people help be a part of the hackathons? How do people continue to stay involved and informed with what you're doing with TO Hack so that people can connect and help, help build moving forward? Absolutely. So they can always visit our website at tohacks.ca to get up-to-date information of upcoming initiatives and to learn more about us. Uh, they can also visit our social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, at tohacks to really get an understanding of what events we've hosted, come out with some great content weekly. And then they can always uh, email us as well at info at tohacks.ca if they want to um, learn more, potentially partner with us. We're always welcome to exploring potential partnerships to really further our mission and vision. Very cool. Very, very cool. Does anybody have anything they want to say, they want to share? Any final thoughts, any words of encouragement for the people who are listening, who are maybe thinking about a project that they want to apply for or, or want to figure out a way to help their community? Is there any kind of final thoughts that you would share uh, with those who are out there listening? Just start. I think that's the biggest step to anything. As Shweta and Andy mentioned, all it took was a conversation and a research night to get this whole team together today. Pick up people that have the same vision and goals as you, same work ethic, same mindset. And specifically, I think loyalty is a big thing as well when it comes to building anything. Yeah, just start. Like Spandana mentioned, when Andy and I initially started, we came up upon a lot of obstacles, but that we didn't let that st stop us from moving forward. So if you encounter challenges when you're starting a new initiative or a new program or project, whatever it may be, just take a step back and look at how you can deal with that in a constructive manner and how you could use that as a learning experience to move forward. Don't let it stop you from trying to execute on your vision. I think that's very important because 
I know a lot of people, they get scared by the potential challenges or the risks they might be taking. But if you take it in a calculated manner that actually you think could support the end goal that you have, then you're definitely on the right track and you can always pivot and adapt as you need. So COVID has been a really big proponent for change in these times because it's made every company, every individual take a step back and reevaluate what they need to do to actually adapt to the changes that come with COVID and what happens after. So that's just one example of when you need to be flexible and agile. So yeah, definitely take, take the risk and start and keep going at it until you are at a happy place. Just to add on to that, if anyone is interested in learning more about how Rising Youth can kind of help you kickstart that idea, definitely reach out to us. We're happy to have that conversation and get you going. And with that, I uh, just wanted to thank Terrence again for hosting us. It was a great time. And on behalf of Shweta, Spandan, and the rest of the TO Hacks team, I uh, wanted to thank you for your time and for having us today. You act like you don't want to close in the show. Go ahead, Andy. Go ahead, Andy. I like it. I like it. No, that was perfect, yo. That was perfect. Um, appreciate you all for being here. Appreciate you all for sharing your story. Uh, Andy said it best. I don't even need to close this out. So thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you, uh, Shweta, uh, Spandana, and Andy for, for joining us. And uh, best of luck to all those who are out there with creative ideas. And best of luck to you, T.O. Hacks, and continuing to be successful and growing. Thank you, Terrence. Thank, thank you, Terrence. To learn more about all things Rising Youth, check out their website at risingyouth.ca. To learn more about the Change in the Narrative podcast, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at changeinthenarrative.ca. Thank you to everyone involved in making this podcast possible. And last, but certainly not least, thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and be on the lookout for the next episode coming soon.